Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 20 of Coach Bennett's podcast, How to Set Up a Training Week. That's right, we're going to break down a training week. But not only are we going to break down a training week, we're going to tell you about all the ingredients that go into a training week and how you can put them together in so many different ways and still make a delicious cake. Don't worry, it makes sense. Just keep listening. I'm also going to go over the week that was. It involved a trip to Atlanta, a really powerful Zoom call with some great runners from the World Central Kitchen, another Zoom meeting with some runners from Mexico City, and as always, the Mindset Minute with Coach Tammy. So we got a lot to cover, so let's not wait any longer with all this flirting. Let's just get right into it. Welcome to episode 20. That's right, episode 20 of Coach Bennett's podcast. We're already at episode 20, so let me start by saying thank you to everyone for getting us here. So I'll tell you what, we are here because of all of you. We're not here because of me. I'm doing the talking, but the most important part is the listening. It's the listener. It's the people pressing start on the podcast. It's the people pressing play. It's the people downloading and streaming the podcast and sharing the podcast and sending reviews and sending letters to the mailbag. You are why we're at episode 20. And earlier last week, we broke through the 100,000 downloads barrier. That's also because of you. So thank you for getting us here to episode 20. X. X. That's right. Not nearly as awkward as it will be when we get to episode 30 and we're triple X, but whatever. Moving on. Let's get into this episode, and this is going to be a great episode. I think it's it's one of those foundational type of episodes, and let me explain what I mean by that. I, I think there are certain topics that I really want to get out there and talk about in detail, like we had an episode on the long run and the speed run, we had an episode on recovery runs, we had episodes on how to get better at running while you're not running, and this is this is another one of those kind of foundational running episodes. This is how to set up a training week, because I get this question all the time, and I figure, you know, this is a cool opportunity to kind of answer all the questions about how to set up a training week in one place. But before we get to that, I've got other things I want to talk to you about because I was traveling again. I went to Atlanta, GA, that's right, Atlanta, Georgia this week. And I had thought, because people were asking me, you know, do I get to uh, come to Georgia often or have I been to Georgia lately, specifically Atlanta? My answer was no. In fact, I thought that the last time I was in Georgia, and I mean beyond the airport, was high school. No, I'm sorry, college. It was college. I raced a 1500 
at the end of outdoors one year, we went down, we were chasing some fast times, which you know you're, you often do at the end of an outdoor track season, especially at the college level, because you're trying to get times that will qualify you for events like the NCAA championships. And my team, I was running for the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, let's go Tar Heels, and we went down to Georgia Tech to chase some fast times. And I, I raced, and yeah, I didn't. I, I chased a fast time. I never caught the fast time. In fact, I was running the fifteen hundred, and I'm pretty sure on the last lap, the fast time I was chasing just got further and further and further away from me. It was it was a bit of a bomb. So I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity to go down to Atlanta hang out with some great people, and wash the taste out of my mouth of the last time I ran in Atlanta. So this is what happened. It was Monday night, and there was an event that was put on jointly by Nike and the Atlanta Run Club. And the Atlanta Run Club's been around for a few years, and they're amazing. I mean, it's it's their their turnouts are massive. Their community is, is kind and you know open arms like come on in here and it was a really really great night it was a couple hundred people came out to the Ponce City Market and I'm going to put some links up so you can check out um, the Atlanta Run Club because if you're if you're in Atlanta or if you're in Georgia you find yourself visiting Atlanta you live in Atlanta or you're just one of those people who really like to check out um, groups of people, run crews, run clubs that are doing awesome things for the sport, you're going to want to check out the Atlanta Run Club and, and the people associated with it because they are they're really great. And the event was uh, a little bit of a Q&A, which was a lot of fun, a lot of shaking hands, a lot of hugs, a lot of pictures, a lot of listening, a lot of talking, and a little over 5K run, which was which was a lot of fun on the Beltline, which I had never run on. So it was a great opportunity to visit a really thriving running community in Atlanta. Now, Atlanta's grown, so it's great to see a running community, a viable running community, which there's there's always been a great running culture in Atlanta. There's always been a great tradition of running in Atlanta, so it was really wonderful to see yet another group that has really... I mean, not just planted seeds, but has developed roots in a very short amount of time, which is great. And for anyone who's wondering, like, man, it would, I bet it would be awesome to have access to a group like this. Well, you, you just need to do it yourself. It's not easy. Starting something like an Atlanta Run Club is not easy, but it's worth it because it's powerful. But you have to be passionate about it. But you have to be passionate about anything you care about anything that's going to be important to you and it starts with showing up it starts with showing up whether anyone else shows up or not it doesn't matter if if this is the thing that you're starting if you are the invitation to a starting line you have to be there whether anyone shows up or not because guess what someone might show up and if the person with the invitation is not there then there's no invitation at all, is there? So it's not easy. But if you were there on Monday night, you would see what happens when you consistently show up, when you're constantly, consistently, when you're consistently showing up and inviting people to a starting line, when you're giving people excuses 
to go for a run in the midst of a life that is giving them an endless supply of excuses to not run. So it was really cool. And uh, so cheers to everyone in Atlanta that, that really was super welcoming to me. I had a great time. And um, yeah, like my, my hand is sore from the amount of high fives, handshakes. But that just means it was being worked, which is good. And a lot of hugs. Atlanta's full of huggers, which is fantastic. And a lot of happy people and a lot of thankful people. Um, and I'm including myself in that because I was really grateful and thankful to get to be a part of the Atlanta running community for a night. And I hope to be back soon because uh, I had a great time. I then traveled back. It was a short trip. It was like a Sunday departure, Monday event, Tuesday morning, um, flying back to Portland because I wanted to get back because Tuesday night I had a very special Zoom call with 16 athletes um, that live and work and train in Mexico City and all 16 of these athletes are getting ready to run a fall marathon. And, and for a lot of them, it's going to be their first marathon. So I got to have a really great conversation with these athletes on Tuesday night. And uh, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about inspiring. I, I just, I think anytime people are trying to do something better than they've ever done before, it's just so inspiring. And there's, there's that kind of nervous energy in the room, that excitement, um, the anticipation of what's coming. A lot of them are going to be running New York in the beginning of November. And uh, it's just, it's intoxicating without the hangover. You know what I mean? Which is great. Um, yeah. And the, the weekend prior, well, I shouldn't say the weekend prior, I left on a Sunday. The Saturday before I left, I got to do a Zoom call with a number of athletes that are also doing the New York City Marathon, and they're from all over the world, and they're um, coming through, and they're coming to New York um, through a program that's uh, with with the World Central Kitchen, which is a nonprofit organization, um, which I'm, I'm I'm sure you've you've probably seen in the news. Basically, if if there's a catastrophe, a disaster, if, if there's a humanitarian crisis somewhere in the world, World Central Kitchen shows up and they feed people. That's what they do. They feed people. And, you know, one of their, one of their taglines, one of their you know, mottos is feeding humanity, feeding hope. And I got to speak with uh, about eight to 10 um, people that are associated with World Central Kitchen um, in different parts of the world. And they're also in the midst of of doing this incredible work, they're also training to run a marathon. And it's just incredible. Again, there's so much inspiration to be had out there in the world if you just look for it. There's so much hope to be gathered out there in the world if you just are willing to look for it. It's there. So I'll also have a link um, to World Central Kitchen because it is something you should look into and it's something you should support. You, you, you believe me, you've probably heard of it with uh, Jose Andres, the the chef who's who's basically the who's who's basically the you know the 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 main driving force of World Central Kitchen. But it is truly amazing, also, how this sport brings so many different planets into its orbit. You know, if you think of running as kind of like that star in the middle, that that 
that sun that has this gravity to pull all of us in and we and we just have something in common immediately i you know it's like every everyone's had a hard tempo or a tough run or a breakthrough race or um you know has has felt the nerves on the starting line or the satisfaction at the finish line you know we've we've felt fulfilled by running and we've also been devastated by it and it's just that it's sometimes it's all you need is just that that little thing that we have in common that smallest little thing like a run that we can say yeah i felt that too you suddenly realize well if you felt it and i felt it then we got something in common and sometimes that's enough to fix a whole bunch of shit so all right it's been like i said a pretty cool week and um yeah just wanted to let you know what was going on before we jump into this episode which as i've already told you is how to set up a training week And that's what we're going to talk about right now, how to set up a training week. So let's go. Okay, let's just get right into it. I mean, I've already said let's get right into it. So let's actually follow through and get right into it. And let me start with the first question, which would be, what what are you training for? A race? Are you training just to get fitter? Are you just training for fun? Are you training for nothing at all, which is a worthwhile thing to train for? So the question I would start with when you're thinking about how to set up a training week is what are you training for? Because I'll tell you what, it's going to come in handy later as we have to start making decisions about how to adjust. Because I'll also tell you, there's going to be a lot of adjusting as you set up a training plan, as you set up a training week. Coaching has very little to do with a training plan. It has very little to do with setting up the schedule for a week, and it has everything to do with making adjustments to the training plan, making adjustments to the training week. Because that's that's why the week looks the way it does, because you've made adjustments. If it's always Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, one thing, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, something else, and Sunday always looks like this, like it's that's not how it works. Because life doesn't work that way. And you're running and life have to work together. So we'll get a little bit more to why it makes a big difference what you're training for with how you're scheduling and the flexibility that comes with it. But for now, I just want in the back of your mind to be thinking, what am I training for right now? It could be you just practicing going through all of these different questions and adjustments and changes and things to think about as you're imagining all of them. Because this is a good exercise to go through of, okay, I might set it up this way if I'm training for a specific race or races, like over the course of a season, or I'm just training to increase my fitness. It might be physical fitness, but it could be emotional fitness. It could be mental fitness. It could be all three. And sometimes one takes the precedent over the other. So these are just some things to have tucked into the back of your mind or the front of your mind you get to put these things where you want to put them, okay? So let me start with just a couple of things that I think are super important. Um, you, I don't want to say rules, because I'll have somebody that say, rules are meant to be broken, hardcore, and just, oh, calm down. Like, so I'm not going to say rules. I'm just going to say maybe like guideposts, okay? Loose directions. Um, so let me just rip through them. And then we'll just keep coming back to them or use them to bounce off some of the things that I'm talking about. So, okay, so I'm going to start with something that I think is is always going to be one of the driving forces for great training. 
and is always going to be one of the ingredients you're going to want to have or need to have, I really should say, if you want to be your best, and that's consistency. So one of the keys to success is always going to be consistency. Now, if what I mean by that is not just consistent running, but ideally consistent good running, consistent inspirational running, consistent fun running. I mean, like if we can just be greedy here, you want as much of the good stuff to be as consistent as possible. Again, something important to keep in the back of your mind because the pendulum can swing the other way and that can cause bad running. It can cause uh, inconsistent running. And I'll, I'll give you one of the interesting things here, why running math doesn't always make sense. Consistently bad running leads to inconsistent running. And what do I mean by that? If, if you're dreading your runs, if there's no fun in your runs, if you're always running too hard, you're not going to run consistently. So if you do something poorly enough, consistently enough, if you do something negative enough, consistently enough, if you're a bad enough teammate to yourself, consistently enough, if you make terrible coaching decisions, consistently enough, it's going to lead to inconsistent running because you're not going to want to keep running. So when I say the key is consistency, it's consistently the positive stuff. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be constantly because you're going to have good days, you're going to have great days, and you're going to have crappy days. You're going to have okay days. You're going to have you know, almost forgettable days. The key, like I said, is consistency, not constantly. So can you, more often than not, have good runs? Can you more often than not make good decisions? Can you more often than not have a good time on your run? If you can, then more often than not, you're going to run, which is what consistently means, all right? So a couple of the things to keep in the back of your mind as we're going through how to set up a training week. Keep it fun. That doesn't mean keep it easy. It means keep it fun. The hard stuff is often the most fun stuff if you're doing the hard stuff for the right reasons. If you're doing the hard stuff for the wrong reasons, then the hard stuff most of the time just sucks. If you're doing hard stuff based out of fear or feelings of inadequacy, then it's not fun. But if you're doing the hard stuff because it's a challenge, if you're doing the hard stuff because you're not quite sure what's going to happen or it's an opportunity to really push yourself to a new place. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity or a chance to test yourself to see, have I progressed? Then it's fun, you know? Then it's a good time. Like I said, doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's fun. And if you think back at some of your most fun experiences running, when I talk to people, they usually bring up like, crazy ass runs like oh it was, we were running in a snowstorm or we were running and it was raining or we were running up this crazy hill or it was this insane workout like it's usually the hardest stuff that's the most fun I've never heard anyone ever say the most fun they've ever had on a run was on a warm-up by themselves when they were running really 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 easy I, I just I've never heard that I've heard people say I did this one workout it, I couldn't even finish it. It was so crazy. And looking back, I mean, and, and you're like, I asked you for the most fun. And like, yeah, well, that, that's weird. That's the first one that came up. 
So if you can keep it fun and understand the definition of fun here is a runner's definition of fun, then I think you're going to understand what I'm talking about, okay? And someone who maybe doesn't run might think that fun means easy, but they're not really having fun. Okay, another thing, keep the running diverse. You want diversity in your training. Diversity leads to consistency. So again, when we're setting up a training week, we want to mix things up. A great month of training doesn't involve only easy runs. A great month of training doesn't involve only long runs. A great month of training doesn't involve only speed runs, nor does a great week of training. You mix things up. You're taking it easy. You're running it hard. You're doing speed workouts. You're doing long runs. There's all sorts of things that you can play with, and they all make you a runner, change you as a runner, complete you as a runner in different ways. You want that diversity. You want different types of challenges. You want different experiences. You want different lessons learned from each run you're doing. And the way you do that is by having diversity in your training. You don't just do tempo runs. You do tempo runs and you do farlick and you do hill workouts and you do long intervals and you do short intervals. You mix things up. You don't just do long runs. You do shorter runs. You do very short runs. You might even double and do an extremely short run in the morning and a longer short run in the afternoon. Longer short run makes sense. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, another thing to keep in the back of your mind. Stay smart, which isn't that easy. I know, it's not easy. Staying smart is not easy. Even if you're brilliant, it's just we're human beings. We like to be stupid. We like to make decisions that don't make sense. We like to make decisions that are just utterly moronic. You know, like, I'm really tired, I'm stressed out, um, I've traveled, I haven't eaten well, I haven't slept well. I think rather than doing this workout I'm supposed to do today, tomorrow, I'm going to do it today. Why? Because it says do it today. Even though I can just adjust the schedule and do it tomorrow. The smart move would be make the adjustment. Take it easy today. Maybe don't even run today. Focus on recovery Great recovery leads to great running, remember? Of course you remember. But we like being stupid. That's just, it's human nature. So you're going to have to fight against that. You're going to have to fight against your stupid tendencies. We all have them. I have them too. Stay smart. One of the ways you can stay smart is another thing I want you to be thinking about as we set up a training week. Pay attention to yourself. It's very easy to pay attention to teammates. It's very easy to pay attention to what elite runners are doing. It's very easy to pay attention to what he, she, him, her, they, them are doing. It's very, very easy. It's not always easy to pay attention to yourself. But that's who you need to pay attention to more than anyone else. Pay attention to yourself. How are you feeling? How's the training going? How's the inspiration and motivation levels? How have you been sleeping? Have you been eating? These are the things you need to pay attention to. How's your mindset right now? Okay? Mentally, emotionally, physically, how are you doing? Pay attention to yourself. Because if you can pay attention to yourself, you can make adjustments. That's the coaching, remember, for your week of training that sets you up to have the best possible week of training. So pay attention to yourself. Do not pay attention to anyone else until you have paid full attention to yourself. Okay? Next, flexibility not rigidity. Flexibility, not rigidity. 
That's what you need to remember. You have way more flexibility in your training than you think you do. People get their training plan and they think this is it. It's etched in stone. There has not been a training plan etched in stone in thousands of years. If you have a coach giving you a plan that's etched in stone, then your coach is probably going to have you racing in sandals and a loincloth. I would run in the opposite direction. Something's wrong. No training plan is etched in stone. They're all written in pencil, and you have a pencil, and you have an eraser. Be flexible with the training. Yes, that means you can do a long run on a Tuesday sometimes. That means you can do a long run on a Thursday or a Friday or a Monday. It means you can mix up when you're doing your speed runs so it fits your schedule, your life, as best as possible. Having that flexibility is a sign of confidence. Confidence is a really good thing to have as a distance runner, by the way. And the last thing, which I've said already a couple times, but I'm saying it again because it's so important. Coaching is not about writing a training plan. Coaching is first and foremost. And lastly, about making adjustments to the training plan. So if you want to be a great coach to yourself, have the guts, the courage, the confidence to make adjustments to the training plan, okay? That's the segue, and it was a long segue, maybe the longest segue I've ever done into how do you set up a training week? All right, well, let's break down what makes up a training week first. There are different kinds of runs, and they all have different purposes. So you've got all these ingredients that you're making this, you know, concoction. You can decide what it is. Maybe it's a cake, okay? And you've got all these ingredients and the training week is this delicious cake. Now, what kind of a cake are you going to make? Well, this is the thing that's cool. You can make a different cake each week and it's still going to lead to something great. It's not the same cake every single week. So just also know that there are lots of different cakes. And if the purpose is to make something that's delicious, borderline nutritious, and makes people happy, there's lots of different cakes that can do that. It's not just chocolate cake with vanilla icing with some sprinkles on top, which for my two cents is the best possible cake. That's the type of cake I like. By the way, those are my favorite types of cupcakes. Chocolate cupcake, vanilla icing, or white icing, whatever it is. I guess it's vanilla icing, and some sprinkles on that bad boy. Ooh, baby. Now that's that's a kick-ass cake. So I'm fully aware that there are other types of cakes that are delicious. Maybe not as delicious, but also delicious and achieve the purpose, which is something delicious that makes people happy. That's for me. That's what a purpose of a cake or a cupcake is, okay? It's the same thing with the training week. You're trying to get the athlete to end the week better. There's a lot of different ways to do that. So you have to first understand what goes into each week, and it's different kinds of runs go into the week. Those are your ingredients. Let's go over the ingredients. We'll start by pretending you run seven days a week, and then we can break it down to five and three, okay? But if you're running seven days a week, the majority of your days are done doing recovery runs, also known as easy runs, or just a run. Just You head out the door and you go for a run, and the purpose is, is pretty straightforward. I mean, that's the cool thing about running. I mean, it's like honest marketing. A recovery run or an easy run is a run that's done at an easy effort, a comfortable pace, one that you feel you can do the entire time. At no point do you feel physically, I cannot do this effort. I cannot keep going at this pace. I can no longer maintain this speed. That does not exist in an easy run because you are running at an effort and it's the effort 
that should guide the numbers on your watch. So an easy or recovery run should be done at a comfortable effort. Now, it doesn't mean that mentally it's not going to be hard because sometimes the hardest runs I do are easy runs or recovery runs just mentally because I'm like, oh, I'm bored or I don't want to do it or I'd rather be home or I'm running out of time. I'm stressed from the day. That's different. We're just talking about from the physical aspect. An easy run or a recovery run is a run that you're doing at a comfortable effort, a pace you can maintain and run well beyond what you're asking yourself to do for that run. And you've probably heard me call a recovery run. It's a run that if you use the definition of recovery is used to take back, regain aspects of you, parts of you that have been lost or stolen during the day. So if you've stressed out, a recovery run, an easy run is there for you to regain control, regain some peace of mind, okay? Regain some clarity. That's what you also want those recovery runs to do. And yes, they are there to recover from or in anticipation of a hard effort. A hard effort? What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the speed runs. We're talking about runs like tempo runs and fartlek runs and hill runs and interval runs. And all of those can be broken down into different subsets of the larger group. So if you have something like a tempo run, well, you can have a tempo run that starts out at a tempo run pace and you maintain that pace the entire time. Or it could be like a progression tempo. You start out recovery run pace and you're slowly picking up the pace until you end it faster than tempo run pace. So the average is tempo run pace. Even the distance of a tempo run can change. You can do long tempo runs that may get up to 10k, 15k. You can also do shorter tempo runs. That could be 3k, 5k, 7k of tempo running. You can have a tempo run that's in between intervals. Intervals are periods of running broken up by periods of recovery. And the periods of running could be duration-based or distance-based. And you can play with the pace and the efforts. It could be mile repeats at 5k pace. It could be 400 meter repeats at mile pace. And you could do eight of them or 12 of them. And how many you're going to be able to do is going to be dependent on the recovery you're giving. And you can play with the recovery as well. So you can have longer repeats. You can have shorter repeats. You can have longer rest intervals. You can have shorter rest intervals. And you can play with all of them throughout. So you can do some intervals at 5K pace, some intervals at mile pace. So some are intervals are at a nine effort and some are at a seven effort. So there's, there's an infinite variety of of things that you can play with with the template that is a speed run you can do hill workouts okay you can do fartlek there's so many different things you can combine the two you can you can do intervals and then a tempo run and then end with more intervals that's one of the funnest parts about being a coach is coming up with different ways to play with a speed run to get a desired outcome which is we want to work on strength today. We want to work on speed. Maybe we want to work on both. We want to work more than anything on callousing the mind. So we're going to do a significant amount of intervals at an uncomfortable pace with short recovery because I want you to have to get back on a starting line and do this over and over and over again so we can have that breakthrough where you realize you can do really hard things. Or we're going to do longer intervals, but we're going to do less repeats of those intervals. We're going to do 2K intervals instead of 200 intervals, 200 meter intervals. 
200 meter intervals, we're going to do uh, a ton of them at 5k pace with very, very short recovery, or we're going to do a lot of them at very, very fast pace with lots of recovery. There's so many different things that you can play with, and all of them have hopefully a desired outcome, which is you get better in a certain way, but they also have a different effect on you physically. So what you do after, let's say, four by 200 at 100%, so basically as fast as you can go, for 200 meters, I'm going to give you five minutes recovery. We're only doing four of them, but you are throwing down. Now, that's only 800 meters of hard running. Now, your friend may be doing four by 2K at uh, 10K pace with short recovery. And you think, well, they did 8,000 meters. They're going to be exhausted. No, you'll be more exhausted the next day after doing four by 200 all out than they are at doing four by 2K at 10K pace. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? But you know what? Sometimes crazy's actually just reality, and that is the reality. The hardest workout I ever did in terms of how long it took me to recover from something was literally four by 200, all out. I was cooked for days. Now, if I had just done four by 2K at 10K pace, I would have been able to work out two days later, totally fine, no issues. It took me probably seven, eight days where I felt normal after doing four by 200 all out. It was so hard. So my point is, is that that's a type of workout, but even within that type of a workout, meaning a speed run, you really have to be willing to ask yourself, how do you feel? And what was the purpose of the workout? And what is going to be the ramifications of doing that workout? It might mean that this week, instead of having the normal two days of recovery after a speed run, I'm going to need three or four. We'll get to that a little bit later, but that is what coaching is about. It's adjustments. Remember, your week is not written in stone. Remember we did that? Okay, good. So a couple other things we want to talk about is, is how you schedule these runs and where they fall in on a week. So remember, we're, we're planning seven days here. And I said the majority of your days are going to be recovery runs. So if you're training, let's say at a very, very high level, it would not be uncommon to say in a seven-day week, where you're running all seven days, you have a long run. It's your longest run of the week. It's going to put you well beyond a normal recovery run in terms of duration or distance. You're going to park that somewhere. But we have six more days where we have to park things. So we're not going to give it a day yet. We're just going to say one of the days is a long run. Two of the days would be speed runs. So now we've got three days locked up. Two speed runs, one long run. We have four days left. They're all recovery runs. So four-sevenths of your week are easy days, dedicated to easy running, dedicated to recovery, recovery from or in anticipation of hard efforts. Two-sevenths are speed, two-sevenths, and one-seventh is the long run. So you could make the case that three-sevenths of the week are going to be, at, at, at the very minimum, mentally taxing. A long run's mentally taxing. Speed runs are mentally taxing. And physically, they're all physically taxing, mentally taxing. But that's why four sevens, well over 50% of your running is easy running, recovery running. And your speed run days, more than likely, are not going to be high volume days. So your two lowest volume days are probably going to be the speed runs, which means the majority of your running, whether you're measuring it by distance or duration, are recovery runs and easy runs. That should tell you something very important. And what it 
should tell you is what I've been trying to tell you time and time again, whether it's on a guided run or in this podcast, is that great recovery is what leads to great running. You want to have better speed runs. You want to have a better long run. Focus on your recovery days, which is why I'm going to focus on your training week first and foremost with those days. So if we're running seven days a week, and yes, we're going to adjust this later for five days or three days. But if you're running seven days a week, as far as I'm concerned, the four most important days for long-term success are your recovery days. What are you doing on those days so you can do what you need to do on the other days? And I like to begin measuring success and progression as a runner with the quality of your recovery days. So look at those days with some respect. A lot of time, people look at them as throwaway days because they hear the term easy. They go, well, if it's easy, it's not really that worthwhile. It's like a day off. No, no. The recovery run is not a day off. It's an absolutely essential part of your training week. And as far as I'm concerned, it's the most important part of your training week because if you can do them the right way, you will build endurance without the pounding that you have to do on the other days. You will build strength without the pounding that you have to do on the other days. You will build strength without having to beat yourself up and the stress associated with beating yourself up on long runs and speed runs. And it's also a reprieve from those hard efforts. It's also like, do you ever ever do that where you just have a really good sigh and people are like, what's wrong? And you're like, nothing. It just feels good to sigh sometimes and just relax. Well, for me, that's a recovery run. A recovery run is like an epic, blissful sigh. That's what it is. And, and, and you need those. You need those each week. So when it comes time to do a fartlek or a tempo run or intervals or a long run, you're ready. You're relaxed. You have soaked up the work from those hard days on your easy runs and your recovery days. That's why it's so important to not dismiss the easy days and the recovery days. They are, I've I've used this, I think, in a previous podcast, but if you've seen Big Lebowski, the rug is what ties the room together. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen the movie, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but I imagine half the time you don't know what I'm talking about because half the time I don't know what I'm talking about. But the point is, as far as I'm concerned, recovery runs are what tie the room together. They're what tie the training week together. So those four days are going to become very important. So let's sprinkle them through the week. And we'll start with Monday. And just to keep things easy, we're going to start with one of those four recovery runs. You're going to do a recovery run on a Monday. Let's kick the, let's kick the week off with a, a pressure-free run. We're going for a run. Distance and duration is personalized. That's up to you. doesn't matter for this, for this conversation. Tuesday. Tuesday, we're going to do a speed run. Okay? I would prefer, and you'll see how this makes sense, because we can change the days, but the concepts are what matter here to do the faster, sharper, more intense workout on Tuesday. I'll tell you why in a moment. Wednesday, what do you think we're doing? Well, we just did something hard. We're going to recover. So we're doing a recovery run. Thursday, we're going to do another speed run, but it's not going to be as intense as the Tuesday one. So that means we're going to do something like a tempo run, a threshold pace run, 
or a light fartlek. That's what we're going to do. Why? Because guess what? Tuesday wasn't that far ago. It was 48 hours ago. We had a recovery run built in there. Fine. But I want us to do something that's not as intense. Now, I will tell you this. The flexibility comes in here that if Tuesday was really intense, I may bump the speed workout to Friday. Give us an extra day. And then what I'm going to do is I know that I have a long run coming either on Saturday or on Sunday. Flexibility again. And that's going to play a part in what do I want to do on Thursday or Friday. So if I know that it was super intense on Tuesday, I may bump the workout out to Friday. That's fine, which means I may do a shorter long run or an easier long run in terms of effort and pace on Saturday, or I may bump the long run to Sunday, depending on what I want to do on Thursday, which has something to do with what I did on Tuesday. So if I'm pushing the envelope a little bit, I'll probably bump that tempo to Friday and then bump the long run to Sunday. If I want to back off just a little bit, I'll keep that tempo or that light fart lick on Thursday, and then I'll keep that long run on Saturday. But I'm always navigating what am I asking from the athlete and what am I giving back to the athlete. So if I'm asking for a hard effort, i got to give you the time to recover. Because if I don't, then that means I have to take into account you're not fully recovered, which is okay sometimes as long as I adjust. So if you're not fully recovered then I know I'm going to back off a little bit on the next workout or I'm going to give you another day of recovery. It's this give and take constantly. If I'm rigid, then what I'm going to do is say, I don't really care how hard you work on Tuesday because we always work out again on Thursday. And if I'm not taking into account that that's actually just utterly moronic coaching, at some point you're going to hit this period where you're constantly doing a second workout not fully recovered, which means you're going into the next recovery run day, and that's still just not enough time, which means you go to the next hard effort, which is a long run, not fully recovered, and then you're running a long run on an unrecovered body, which means you're even less recovered for the recovery run that follows that, and that recovery run's like, dude, I can only do so much, which means you end up at the next speed run, not fully recovered from the long run, and the second speed run of the previous week, and the first speed run of the previous week. And eventually, you just dig this hole. And that leads to just really crappy running. And what happens is, is a lot of coaches sometimes will think the kids or the athletes are not working out hard enough. They don't care. And really, it's not that at all. It's just that the coach is an idiot. But coaches can be that way sometimes. So, point is what you're always looking at is what am I asking from the athlete or myself and then where am I going to give back basically the time so I can recover from or my athletes can recover from what I just asked them to do soak up some of that goodness because a speed run is full of goodness a hard effort is full of goodness a long run is full of goodness and you want to soak up all that goodness on your recovery runs all of it What's the point of doing the work if you're not going to soak up all of the goodness? You know what I'm saying? So you got to give yourself the time to soak up the goodness. And that's where you're planning those recovery runs. And like I said, most of the time it's going to be on a seven-day week, four recovery runs, two speed runs, one long run. But it also depends on the time of the year and how hard you're working out. Because sometimes what you find is like, "Ah, 
this week, you know, it was four, two, and one, but that was a really hard week. So I think this week we're going to go five recovery runs and we're going to push that speed run a little bit later in the week and we'll do a long run. I'd rather do that because I feel like we're not fully recovering. Again, it's constantly asking yourself, how do I feel? How do the athletes feel? You're paying attention to yourself or you're paying attention to the athletes. You know that it's the adjustments that are the great coaching, which is why you're trying to stay smart so you can keep the running consistent, which means the good running consistent, which means you're mixing things up. You're throwing in recovery runs. You're throwing in long runs. You're throwing in different types of speed runs at different efforts. You're keeping the diversity in the training week. These are all the things that have to be factored in every single week. And it's always changing because you know what? The weather changes too. The stress load that the athletes are taking on changes too. Life changes. The goals change. You suddenly realize like, you know what? I'm feeling really good. I think I, I, I want to shift and, and not be focused on the 5k. I want to focus on the 1500. Or maybe I want to go from the half marathon to the marathon. Or maybe I want to throw in a race that wasn't planned and the race is in a month. And can we adjust things? Because I think I can do something really good in four weeks. I mean, th- these are the things that you have to keep in mind that there is a, a flexibility that is always needed and essential. And the flexibility is not always about, oh, we got to change some things because things aren't going well. Sometimes the flexibility comes because things are going great. Things are going fantastic. We got to adjust. The paces have to adjust. The distances need to adjust. The durations need to adjust. And I know I said adjust in there somewhere, but whatever, just roll with me. You have to make these adjustments because things are going great. We often think that we only make changes and adjustments because things are going crappy. No, not true. It's just as many adjustments when things are going well. And sometimes things are just progressing. And you have to be paying attention to that. Which, by the way, here's my almost weekly advertisement for keeping a running log. Keep a running log. And don't just write down how far, how fast, and what you did running-wise. Talk about what's going on in your life. Talk about how you felt during the run, after the run, before the run. Because those are the things that are going to factor in the decisions later on. I felt really crappy on that workout on Tuesday. Well, let's look back a week. Oh, you were really stressed because of something at home. I think that played a part. We don't have to panic too much. Or I haven't felt good for six or seven days. I've been looking at my running log and I've been dead for six or seven days. Oh, red flag. Let's make some adjustments, okay? Let's skip some speed runs and just focus on recovery runs. So let's let's work into the schedule some days off. Let's see um, how we've been doing in terms of fueling and hydration. You know, like I've had a couple of days in a row where I haven't been eating enough. Okay, well, that's going to play a part. You know, you got to fuel the machine if you want the machine to kick some ass. So these are the things that you want as well. Knowledge is power on the track, on the trail, on the roads, just like it is off the track, off the trails, and off the roads. And the knowledge here is the knowledge about you as an athlete and a person. Okay. And the best way to keep track of you as a person and an athlete is to keep a journal. So keep a journal about your training and you're going to see when and where you need to make adjustments. All right. The last thing is what I said at the very beginning, which is what you're training for plays a huge part too. Is it a race? Is it a series of races? Is it for fitness? Is it emotional fitness? Is it physical fitness? Is it for fun? 
because those are the things that are also going to tell you how much you need to change or how little you need to change or just how wild you can get. If you know you've got a race, like right now it's the fall, there's a lot of people doing the marathon, but believe me, not everything is about the marathon, but we'll just use the marathon as an example. If you have a marathon coming up, you know that one of the things that you have to train for is the ability to cover that distance. It's 42.2K. So when you're playing with your week, you know, you're using your week of workouts to guide you towards covering that distance. So those, for instance, those recovery runs are a way for you to build endurance. I would say that the least important run in the week when you're training for a marathon is the speed run. So I would rather, if you're tired, don't, don't skip a recovery run. Skip the speed run. Keep the recovery runs going so you can do a better long run. So you can build the endurance you need to do the marathon. If you are training to do a really fast 1500, you may say some weeks, you know what, let's take instead of a recovery run, you know, because you're a little tired, let's just cut the recovery run out and we'll keep the speed workouts in because I really think you need to work on your speed. Again, it's about being flexible and it's about asking yourself how you're doing and it's about knowing yourself. What is the goal? If the goal is to run consistently because you want to just have fun running, you just want to be running consistently, then you may find that, hey, I run three days a week, uh, we'll say Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, and I did uh, a speed run on Monday, and it's now Thursday, and it's raining outside, and it's about to get dark, and I'm supposed to go for a recovery run, and I don't feel like doing it. Well, you had two days off. And, you know, you're running out of time. Now, you could go for a 20-minute run, or you could just warm up five minutes, do a quick stretch, and do a couple of really short intervals. And then just do a really short cool down, because that seems like more fun. And your goal here is to run consistently and have fun. So it's not like you're doing back-to-back speed runs on Monday and Tuesday. You had the time. You have the flexibility. You're not being rigid, because your goal here is, I want to go out and I just want to have a run. I want to go do something fun. Okay. Well, you're not setting yourself back by doing two speed runs that week when you're only running three days a week. Like, that's fine. That's okay. You have the flexibility because you know what your goal is. So know what your purpose is for running. Know what the goal is for running. And then you feed that back in to all of these other things about how do I make sure that I can be running consistently? How can I keep it fun? How can I keep diversity in my training? How can I stay smart? Am I still paying attention to myself? Am I consistently paying attention to myself so I can consistently run and make good decisions? Am I being flexible and not rigid? And am I being a great coach by not just saying, hey, this is about the training plan? It is, but it's about making adjustments to the training plan. And that's what you do. And that's how you figure out how do I set up my week? I think the key here the kind of overarching lesson is that you're in control. And if you're willing to learn about yourself as an athlete, if you're willing to learn about the sport and how you respond to different parts of the sport, then you're going to realize that you always have this blank canvas to work with. And that's where it gets fun. And as long as you realize you can always change What's on the canvas? You can always paint over something. You can always shift into something else. Or you can just grab another canvas and start completely over. You're going to have fun setting up your weeks. Because it is fun 
setting up a training week. So I hope you had a good time listening to it. I know I threw so much at you, but the time goes by so quickly. I got to tell you, and it's not like I've got like this, you know, epic plan where I'm going to go like 50 minutes or 60 minutes. I just start talking and then I start to panic like, geez, this is getting long. So that's, that's, that's your foundational how to set up a training week. I think what we can do later on is we can have these episodes where it's like, how do you set up a training week for cross country? How do you set up a training week if I'm training for the marathon? How do I set up a training week if I've got three days or five days or seven days or I'm new to running? What should I be focusing on? But I think right now I've given you the ingredients and you can have some fun in the kitchen yourself, which is really what it's all about. So thank you for this. And I think what we're going to do now is have a really quick mindset minute with, and, and this is the funny part is, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I asked Coach Tammy, like, hey, would you do a mindset minute every week? And she was like, sure. I was like, I think this, I think people are going to like this. I didn't know people were going to freak out about it and love it as much as they do and have their heads basically explode. So she's stealing a little bit of my thunder, but that's, that's fine. That's okay. You know, as long as all of you are enjoying it, that's great. So I'm going to bring in the real star of the show, even though she gets one minute and, um, yeah, she's going to give you a mindset minute. That's going to, I think, help immediately with your week of running with your daily running and with life outside of running. So without any further ado, here is 60 seconds with Coach Tammy of the Show Up Society. I want you to act in belief that your goal is 100% going to happen. So whether your goal is to have fun with running or to run a marathon or a mile or a 5K, whatever your goal is, if you are acting from a place where you 100% believe that it's going to happen for you, then you're not going to stress out about taking a day off or switching days of your workouts or only doing one speed run instead of the planned two because you're super chill because you know that your goal is going to happen 100%. Now, I will say most of us humans put too short of a deadline on achieving our goal. So maybe your goal of running a marathon is still going to happen, even if it's not by the date that you thought it was going to be. But if you are just super chill knowing that at some point you are going to achieve your goal of running a marathon, then you're going to be way more relaxed about switching around your training schedule. So with 100% certainty that this goal is going to happen for you, be super chill and flexible in your training. And just like that, another Mindset Minute with Coach Tammy of the Show Up Society. And yes, there will be links in the show notes about how you can check out Coach Tammy and the Show Up Society. And I'm bringing that up because we're close to the end here. That's right. We are coming down the final straightaway of episode 20. And you know what's on the horizon? Episode 21, also known as Blackjack. It's coming up. And I want to thank you here and now, like I did at the beginning, for getting us to here. Episode 20. It's been incredible. I can't wait for what comes next. And you may be wondering, wait a minute, dude, are you trying to sneak out of here without doing a mailbag? Well, next week is going to be a mailbag episode. So episode 21, which is coming up in one week's time, is going to be a Q&A from the mailbag. You've been asking for it. I'm going to deliver it. So if you want the possibility of your question to be answered next week on episode 21, make sure you are sending your questions 
to the mailbox, which is also in the show notes where you will also find information on the Atlanta Run Club. You will also find information on the World Central Kitchen. And yes, you will find information on the Show Up Society. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Thank you for reviewing the podcast. Thank you for rating the podcast. Thank you for telling everyone about the podcast. Thank you. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today. You'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.